0: Welcome. We invite you to open up your minds and your hearts and join us for I am not that, liberating the self from the self. And now your hosts, Tezra and Koa. Okay, welcome everybody, hello.
1: Yes, yes, welcome, we are back in action we had a little
0: hiatus
2: yeah
0: or a big hiatus we actually took a year off like that year went by so fast that the pandemic kind of like interrupted the flow a little bit so um but we are back and we are happy that we are back so i am tesra
1: and i am koa
0: and uh this is i am not that podcast
1: liberating the self from the self
0: so um we have our social handles it is uh
1: I am not that podcast. So it's, I am not that underscore podcast on Instagram and then everything else you can just look up. I am not that podcast, YouTube, uh, Facebook, yeah, Twitter.
0: So, all right, y'all, we have um, a powerhouse in the building. So it's, and I'm so excited to have her as our first, um, as we relaunch and, Mm -hmm. and come out of this hiatus because she is all about like, power and, and knowing that inner confidence and letting that drive you and, um, and, and kind of like building your life uh, from that place. Uh, so I'm going to introduce her. Her name is Jeanette Brown mm-hmm. and she is the founder and president of the PR firm excellence and presence communications. And she's had this since, uh, 1999, like y'all, she's a real entrepreneur. Sure. <laughs> like she got some history behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she hails all the way from Brooklyn.
2: Okay. <laughs> Brooklyn, let's go. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you so, so much for having me. Oh yeah. Yes, That's, welcome, absolutely. welcome. Thank you.
0: So let's um get started. I wanted to read a little bit more of your um background, but perhaps you can just uh
2: tell us. Yeah. Sure. I'll jump right in. So one uh one small uh, nuance is I actually started my company in 2017. I've been in public relations and marketing for since '99. Got it. yeah, yeah. So, um, so, which is very much part of my journey. So, i um, started in a public relations agency in 1999, and it was there was only one computer in the office that had the internet, and um, the way that we communicated with the media was faxing and phone calls. So, like the, the skill set that's required today, that people use over email when communicating, and the resources of getting online and just googling something. I was lo- using uh, the fax machine, the phone, and Atlas to determine a major market if we had an event somewhere, um, and books to look through to find media contacts um, for people to pitch. So, here I am, right, <laughs> twenty years later, and back to the the point you meant about you mentioned about inner power and confidence, in 2017, I had a, uh, a life-changing moment where I had uh, my second son. I gave birth to my second son, and I was, at the time, felt like I was at the peak of my career, and um, a vice president at a leading agency, and things changed after I had my son, and then I was uh, laid off, and I kind of took a step back and wasn't feeling the best. And but that time where I was forced to sit down and like be with myself and my thoughts as opposed to debt setting and going here and there and doing the things that people thought were glamorous were um, was the moment where I realized that there was a lot that I had to to deal with and look within for. So it's um, I'm really glad to be here and have an opportunity to talk about that specifically because not many people have that opportunity or the realization right. Yes, right absolutely
0: um so we're gonna just start from um the beginning okay Humble beginnings <laughs> so um i heard you kind of describe this in other podcasts um but like your upbringing like you brought you were brought up in a very diverse neighborhood in brooklyn yeah and all yeah. the I just came together. Oh my gosh, how lucky are you? So can you kind of just take us back to your childhood and also share any spiritual practices or rituals that your family was into that may have rubbed off on you?
2: Okay. yes, yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and it was a, a very diverse neighborhood and a combination of Hispanic, Caribbean, um, and, uh, and it was a, it really felt now, in retrospect, it was like a, a celebration of cultures and and life and experiences. That is what was happening internally. If you lived there externally, people saw that neighborhood as uh, as uh, crime-ridden and some like I've even heard people like you shouldn't tell people you live in Brooklyn, right? And I'm thinking, why? Like, what's so bad? But I grew up in the '80s, and we all know what was happening in our in the country in the '80s, and you know, graffiti on the Correct. walls and the subways and today it's art right today they're walking towards through the neighborhood that i grew up in where i'm actually taking pictures in front of murals today and celebrating that graffiti because um you know people are actually profiting off of self-expression the self-expression that was back then yeah, is it is today yes yes today so um so it was uh, it was a great experience. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten to uh high school um and to ninth grade and um so I grew up in a religious household, went to uh, Catholic school, and then, as I got older, my parents were involved in Pentecostal church, so a lot of praying, bible reading, I even volunteered. my first job was volunteering at the church and picking children up on Saturdays and taking them to bible study so um uh, a yep. lot of religion <laughs> well, uh, you're on clubhouse right uh yes i do i do get uh, on Clubhouse
0: because um my my husband calls it the crack house
2: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> oh god i have yeah. visions that pop into my head
0: <laughs> from
2: room to room all night long it is such a
0: beautiful platform for mm. all of these like-minded people to just come together that and is- and, um, in one of the rooms that I frequent, uh, they talk about Azusa. Are you familiar with Azusa? No,
2: no, I'm not. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes.
0: <laughs> so it is, um, you said that you or your family was Pentecostal. And so um, the Azusa was a, uh, is how the Pentecostal denomination came about. Oh, um, I knew that. Seymour. Yeah. Yeah. And it was considered to be like the esoteric of the, um, of the Christian faith. So,
2: hmm.
0: okay. interesting. Yeah. So it's very interesting that you mentioned Pentecostal, yes. uh, because Pentecostals get down.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. It's very much. My, my father sang in church and, um, I sang in church. She played a guitar. It was, it was very much like the thing to do every Sunday. And, um, And you know, Bible studies throughout the week. Um, And my, you know, my family is also from the Caribbean, so religion um, was kind of where our morality—I was raised as my morality was based and values and life. So it it transcended every aspect of life um, and experiences that we I encountered, we encountered. I was thankful for it.
1: Oh yeah, awesome. I was curious. Now, now, is that still like a um, uh, current practice? Did you begin to integrate anything else? Was there like uh, something that may be considered, because sometimes they, they do spiritual versus religion, not versus like against each other, but just Cross comparing, like the differences, is is the same for you, spiritual and the and your religious background? No, I'm less.
2: uh, I'm less. So as I uh, raised my first son, who's now 23, I was less religious and and spiritual, but very much grounded in in prayer and um, and teaching him as well as my youngest child that there is a higher power. Um, today I am more spiritual than religious um, just because of the various experiences that I've had. And, um, so I still believe that there is a a higher power, but I also believe that we have power within ourselves. All right. That's Mm
0: exactly. So I know that, um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the way that you dealt with your mom, um,
2: passing away. Yeah. So it, it was, uh, my mom passing away at 17 was really shocking because I was at, away at college, upstate New York, um, and came home for holiday break, and she suddenly passed away. She she was 42, she was young, and she didn't have any ailments, and one day she got sick, and she, uh, well, she had like a scratch on her leg, and it turned into uh, swelling of her leg, which then turned into a blood clot, which then traveled to her lungs, and she 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 passed away from a pulmonary embolism. Um, and uh, I remember that evening and, and I remember that evening and thinking, just to give you a sense of like how unaware of something so serious um, I was, she was, is that I remember the evening that she had passed away. She had come home from work sick. She's had a fever. She thought she had the flu. She was laying down in bed and sweating. And I remember Um, you know, like patting her head and saying, okay, mom, I guess you're going to be okay. And um, I actually went out that night. And, um, and when I came back home, she was gone, right? Like she had passed away. And it was, uh, it was, she was having a heart attack the entire day and didn't know it. And back to living in Bushwick, Brooklyn, if you went to a local hospital, it was a, um, it was you know the idea of having to sit there all day and not get medical attention she was just like i'm gonna push through this i'll be fine the ambulance even came to my house earlier that day and she refused to go because it was new year's eve and she didn't want to spend new year's eve in the hospital uh, it anyway <laughs> fast forward um it was shocking and the way that i dealt with that was kind of pouring into all the things leading into all the things that i was taught going to school so i ended up joining community college getting a job because now you're left to figure out how to take care of yourself and those were the things that my mom and grandparents had drilled into me and uh, by this time at 17 she passed i i was 17 when she passed away my grandparents had also died so like they died at 13 then 14 and 17 my mom passed away. and these were all the people who were just like staples in my childhood, they helped to raise me. And my father was also around as well, but um, at that time he was not in our home. And um, so we're just kind of left to, to figure things out. And I poured myself into work. So by the time I was 20, I had started, uh, started at APR agency and was working, um, was going to school at night because I needed to continue to get my degree. And my career, I ended up staying there eight years and that is how my career developed. And the people there believed in me. and I, in retrospect, I looked at those individuals as family, like that innocence that I came along and grew up with. I looked up to the older people at the company, and um, and uh, and even my looked for acceptance and and um, direction from my peers, uh, peers and um, supervisors.
0: So, so that is so much, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile all of a sudden just finding yourself kind of all alone in the world? And and I know you said you poured yourself into like your college into work. Was that how you dealt with the grief of it? Or did you go through your grieving process at the same time while figuring out how am I going to traverse this world by myself?
2: no i that is that's how I dealt with it I didn't realize until 2017 when I had to sit down with my second son and like figure out life and reflect on my experiences that that is I realized that that is truly what i i did I pushed through it my sister my sister who was older than me she was having a really difficult time because she was the one who stayed at home and with my mother while I went away to college so um, and I was the one who was just like I'm like, all right, well, I can't do that, right? Cause we both can't be that upset about this. We need to you know, survive. And um, and that's how I dealt with it.
1: Wow, you did uh, much better than me. Uh, my mom uh, passed, I was from 20, uh, yeah, almost 21. And uh, you poured yourself into work. I might've poured myself into anger. Uh, I'm like this really lashing out just very just not really good at expressing feelings at all prior to that even taking place so when that happened it was like all I had was a bunch of stuff just waiting to come out in basically all the wrong ways so luckily i you know my path has led me to where it is now and all these things okay. are that shape us but uh, it sounds like you certainly rose to uh, the challenge of of grief and, and, and loss uh, in a very productive and powerful way uh, early on.
2: Yeah, yeah and a
0: great segue, because I wanted to talk about that, like, how do you rise um, in the face of challenges? And listening to other um, interviews that you've conducted, you you seem like you've kind of always had this inner knowing of your inner power and strength. And and you didn't. Um, oh yeah, I love that face because if not really, then that gives us, you know, a path that you can like kind of take us to and how to do arrive at the point of being confident and and finding the inner power.
2: Right. So um, I was not aware of my inner power. What I what i i would always say i had in me was like a drive and motivation to do things so i wasn't like the type of person to sit down and not explore new things so kind of fearless in a way um uh so there were things that that i would do that not like i find interest in in random things but i still poured myself into um the thing that kept me i guess uh on track was having structure and consistency, and that's the role that a job plays. Um, And there were things along the way, this was a a retrospective look, right, was to, to, along the way, I just have things like gut feelings. I had no idea what PR was. I, I was temping, and I was handed a job that was a PR agency, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do this. I can make money and survive and go to school at night. And it was just like a feeling I had or things that would come into my path that I stumbled into these areas. And I just so happened to be really good at communications, right? I just so happened to um, be motivated and be filled with determination that I remember getting my first PR project. I was hired as support staff and I was given a project to work on. And I was told by my supervisor at the time that I did better than the people they had actually hired to do the job. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So I got excited about what I was doing and I continued to pour myself into it. But at no point did I, I understand what I know it as po- power within today. I didn't know that that's what it was that I was tapping into all along. I looked at it as like motivation or driven or my friends were like, oh, you're always doing something, right? And even if it wasn't the things that they wanted to do, I had different interests and I, I wasn't afraid to explore them. And it, it excited me right it excited me to do different things and that to me is your own personal power and then the feeling i would get in my stomach which you could like oh gut feeling like you know even in work people tell you like what 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 is that like what is your gut feeling that instinct is not tangible so people who don't understand that you have personal power they don't that's not something you say and these are and when i say people who don't understand i'm I'm talking about individuals who in the traditional structure of society are looked at as thought leaders and, um, and and leaders in general. But the gut feeling comes out of very few people's mouths to say that that is an instinct that they respond to. And um, that is something that I've always felt. But just again, it was like, oh, no, what is that? So when you talked about fitting into the, the norms of society, it wasn't something that you could talk about. Like, no, this, this is, and I'll give you a very concrete example. Um, so part of my job is to come up with clever headlines and news stories and news angles. And, you know, you can sit in a room with a bunch of people and throw an idea out and I'm like, Oh, I don't know about that. You know, I don't, Oh, I really don't agree with that. And sometimes their perspective is what doesn't allow them to gravitate to the idea or think that it works. And I would follow up with, I, I'm telling you, I have a feeling, right. I have, this is a good idea and it would be right, <laughs> but it's not until someone else repeats it and there it's not tied to oh I have a feeling it's a good idea like oh yeah 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 I guess that could work right but in my gut I'm like no no no, this is it this is it and um that is the thing that I had to learn to harness as I progressed in my career
0: you know what um I love that because the gut feeling I often call it the ant's whisper and so when learn to trust that, um, you know, like the world opens up for you and you rarely make missteps when you really listen and trust, you know, the aunt's whisper, uh, because it's like really subtle, right? It's really settling in there. And I wanted to follow up with you because some people are still trying to find out like what their purpose is or, you know, what am I good at and what am I meant to do? And when you said that um, you were always very driven and motivated and, and you're a great communicator. So it just kind of found you. So what would you say to people who are feeling like um, they are behind the rat race because they may not have necessarily found, they don't think that they have found it yet as opposed to uh, falling back and letting it come to them?
2: Okay, so I have two thoughts. Um, One I'll share is how I stumbled upon mine and I think that it is, um, it's usually, Finding out that that you have inter- uh, that internal power is usually found when you are alone, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and which leads me to my second point about being alone. And I don't mean alone as in, oh, just sit quietly in a room. I mean, when you are at a point where you feel you're not feeling the best and um, things are happening around you because that's how life works, right? Some people are up and some people are down, but in that moment of being down and sad, that stillness forces you to think about things that you normally wouldn't and on that like thought journey uh and reflect right Like, and usually focus on the thing that's making you most upset why did this happen how could this have happened what could i have done differently and you find yourself going on a journey of where that misstep may have happened, and how did you feel in the moment when you made that misstep? Oh, I remember being so excited about. It. I never could have thought that it would have gone that way. Sometimes, if you reflect, you'll remember, you'll you'll think about a doubt or a feeling that you may have had or a second guess, and and you'll you'll realize the moment when you you went the wrong way. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like that journey is also there to help you. Um, to help you find that power, right? That misstep is is more a learning process than than a mistake, and and um, something you should regret, right? Like the, no gr- no regrets. There's a lesson in everything, and that's why I, I said first being alone, because sometimes the the influence of people um, and their opinions, even if these are people you respect, sometimes a person just hasn't walked in your shoes and they can't give you advice. Um, and, and or don't know what it is that you should be doing because it doesn't look like what they've done or what they think is the right thing to do. Um, and then the second thing is, in what is that moment, the thing that, that you're most frustrated about, reflecting on that and on that journey of how you got to that point is usually what you, re- you know what, I kind of had this idea or you realize where you, you've had an opportunity to go in an opposite direction, but you chose that and you need to dig into why
1: uh that yeah that that, thank you for that for that share i when you talked about having uh how low moments can can really inspire you to 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 find find um that that inner power uh find even find that that voice or start to you know it becomes a little clearer because you're so down in the in the in the dark you know the light starts to shine through in different ways and communicate to you uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, because I I I love the 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 story so far that we we're getting from you in terms of how your life has gone and it's and it's right. uplifting and everything like that. I I I want to like get into get into the into the into the mud into the. <laughs> Yeah, you know, what about what are some of these low moments, or maybe you know, besides your mom passing, what's what's a time when it's really been like you know what you know? Usually, I'm on top of the world kind of thing, but I'm really just hitting the wall right now emotionally or whatever. Some kind of things are happening that are challenging. What what were some of your okay. more challenging?
2: Um, so, so some of my most. uh, Challenging moments. They're usually the things that you really don't want to talk about, but people that know you know that they've happened. (laughs) So, um, but um, some of my low moments were um, the breakup of um, the breakup from my son, my first son's father. We were together for 13 years, and I thought we'd be together forever. And um it was a really difficult time in my life, and even in that moment i didn't understand um, I didn't understand the impact of that relationship on my life. I'm still friends with him today, so it was more about the moment and having to grow, both of us having to grow from that moment in time and and uh, and moving on that was uh it felt it was hard so I, nothing has felt it like internally like pain in like in my heart as much as it did when my mom passed away but that was like the follow-up right that was like the next and he knew my mother also so i felt like this was someone who i don't know knows me and but it just wasn't uh, a good situation i continued to grow in another direction and he did as well so that was one of the the low moments um the next was uh was in 2017 after thinking that, you know, I had one of the most, you know, I was at a great place in life. I had, you know, thrived through challenging situations and um, continued to raise to the ranks in my career. And, uh, and I was not employed. And I, you know, two months after I had my son, I was laid off. And it just became a moment where I was just like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? And I had all these plans that I I wanted to, and everything had to come to a screeching halt. Um, I also found myself, like, I I wasn't working long. Uh, I had not worked so long that, like, my unemployment had run out. I spent all the money that I'd saved in the 20 years of my life of working professionally, like 18 years at that time, working professionally. And I looked around and realized that all the help that I'd handed out throughout the years, all the showing up and, and pouring into others, that that wasn't being reciprocated. And that was a very low point for me. And a the pivotal moment that reminded me that, um, like it's you like Jeanette. Jeanette, like what, like what's your problem is I I was contacted by my first boss who wrote a book and um and in his book he he wrote about me and he sent me a message on LinkedIn and I'm home. I think at this time my son is like six or, or eight months and he's like, Hey, you should check out my new book. I included you in it. I hadn't seen this is twenty seventeen. I hadn't seen this man since two thousand and five, two thousand and six. And probably hadn't talked to him since then as well and that when he said that he wrote about me in his book it was one line and it talked about being a great person to work with it was about his career as like a journalist and then uh being a pioneer in sports pr And he talked about his experience in the company that he created and the people he worked with. And he mentioned me as being uh, one of the nicest um, people and uh, being proud of me because I was 20 when I started. And um, so I was young, one of the youngest people there. And that today I was, uh, he said that I was a a leading executive at a TR agency. And I was like, wow, Like, like how many years has passed? How many people, this is someone who met legends in the world, right? Like Muhammad Ali. Hey, like global legends, I'm like, you're thinking about me, like, so I, I just, it just reminded me of the power of, um, or the, of the impression that you leave with someone or how, how impactful your encounters can be. And this is not someone who I thought could have helped me in, in the moment that I was in, but he did. And I don't even think he realizes today what that line in that book meant for me. It reminded me of my power.
0: and and is that at the point where you started picking yourself up by your bootstraps
2: yes yes i uh, i started to realize that you know my son didn't need to grow up seeing his mother sad i didn't want to be unhappy um i knew what a child deserved and i know i knew that um, at least positivity around them and someone who was excited about life i was also happy to have a another child and i didn't want to um i just didn't want to be miserable Right or look around and realize that there were things that I was doing and and it was truly being unmotivated. And the thing that brought me structure of going to work every day or diving into the project, those distractions were no longer around. I was sitting with myself and my child at home, and I was like, did not figure it out. So there, that's when that drive, right? And I guess you can say power, that drive of I need to do something. And I started reaching out to people I worked with. I'm like, hey, do you need help on a project? I remember my first project was writing a bio for a DJ. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then as I started doing those things slowly, and I think he paid me maybe like $100 to do it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. We went back and forth and I realized I was consulting with him. I was giving him advice about his social media. And I was like, okay, you still got it. It's still in your brain. You don't need to be in an office to do what you truly know how to do. I can. I was sitting at my kitchen table and figuring it out.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's that's really uh, insightful um, because it's like that in that quietness and that solitude. That's where the magic is, even though it may be very uncomfortable. Right. But if, if you find yourself making friends with that solitude oh my goodness baby that's a game changer that just opens yeah. up so much but we just have mm-hmm. to know that it is okay to be right. in that space and i wanted to piggyback on something that you said earlier and you and you um alluded to taking full responsibility yeah, for your life
1: i was going to circle back to and,
0: that i'm like yeah. wait
2: what, what did i say <laughs>
1: something like um what did what did i fail to do what and did i didn't do like you kind of you put it introspectively it's, asking what i didn't do or what i could have done to as be, opposed to what that what life has done to me what, oh why, why is this happening to me yeah. why me and all that kind of mm-hmm, stuff like, mm-hmm. what could i have done to change this or what did i fail to do like once you start engaging in those questions you're engaging in responsibility you know, automatically whether you meant to do it or not. That's what, that means you were, you're already, your mindset taking is already, control of your... I'm responsible. Yeah, so okay. what could I, have done? What could I have, you know, that, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, so. I
2: did not know that, I, I, I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize that that is what I was doing. I just kept thinking that it was just me. So how could I have done something differently versus realizing that that was taking responsibility.
1: It's, it sounds like when you said, um, you, you know, all the all the figures in your life who had unfortunately passed at a certain time, or maybe not unfortunately in the sense of that. Everything right. works in right ways, but I mean, you were like they had instilled these things in me, and now I, you know, I was on my own to fend for myself. But they must have instilled them in well because you just said you were on automatic pilot, like you, your responsibility was already there, ingrained. Right. So that that's yeah. awesome.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job, huh?
0: <laughs> they did. Applause.
2: The short time that they were there. <laughs>
0: yes, and I wanted to ask you about that because I also want to get into um, your your firms. How do they give? How do you give an authentic voice to your clients? Um, because even I'm interested on because I want to grow um, our audience base and get our message out there in front of you know more people to build the platform. Yeah. So I want to ask you um, what would you suggest about that in a short minute. But I want to ask you: Has your mom visited you, or your grandmother, or your grandfather? Like, how do they speak to
2: you today? Um, honey, you should ask. So I, uh, I'm going to share this story with you and your audience because I know that they would be, and you all would be, um, uh, open to hearing it, right? Um, but I probably wouldn't. It was <laughs> a lot of. They probably wouldn't understand, but um, I in I in 2006 when I left uh, that other agency, I started working for a woman, and we uh, we worked on different clients. We worked on people, and uh, someone that we worked with was a uh, a tarot tarot reader, a psychic, a medium. And she um, and she came into the office. She didn't have a lot of money to pay. Um, for her services. So in exchange for her services, she would give each of us a reading. Now, growing up religiously, I was just like, my parents were like, don't do it. Like, that. that that's like, that's, you know, that's not God. That's not, you know, that's not the right thing. You shouldn't do it. But um, the woman sent us all home the night before she came in and she said, bring something in to." and bring something in with you and she would then give us each a reading so she gave me um a reading and i um when i sat down in front of her again i'm just like here we go all right sure i'll work on this but um she says to me that two women came into the room with me two yes uh she said two women are here i was like here we go um uh i'm like really well who are they and she starts talking to me about um, things that no one even in the office knew. She said to me that, um, she's like, do you see, she said specifically, do you see dimes um, randomly in different places? And I said, well, I said, said why? I, I said, yeah, sometimes I do, but it had happened so much that it was, ext- it was noticeable. All right, that it was something that I made note of, and I just I pick it up. Sometimes I wouldn't because it would be in the street. Or um, and she said, she said that's your mother. Yeah, that's your mom. She said your mom is here, and she she says that she loves you and she's with you all the time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So then I started sobbing uncontrollably. Okay, um, and then because um, I remember like being in a nightclub um, and like uh, in, in like. I remember being in a nightclub when I felt like something wasn't safe and I remember looking down and on the floor next to me was a dime. So like it wasn't like this was happening like at home. At home it was happening, right? But it was happening in the street. It would happen on my lunch break when I was like infuriated by something that happened at work. And then she said... um, and, and she told me about the woman's energy, and it was very much my mother. I'd have an asthma attack when I was a child, and she'd call the ambulance, and she wouldn't remember my birthday. And I'm sitting there with the mask on. I'm like, <laughs> January 20th. I'm like looking at her like, Mom, together. So she described the personality of someone who was very much like who my mother was in, in 3D form. And then she mentioned that there was another woman there, and she said that this woman she told me her name, and I couldn't. I was like, "I have no idea who this is." She said, "This woman is very happy that you're taking care of her daughter she's and I'm like, her daughter, who is she talking about?" And she's like, "Oh, she gives you roses and long story short is the the woman um the woman that she had mentioned had died. Uh, several years before I was born, and I was taking care of an elderly aunt um, who um, who was bedridden, and I lived. We lived in the same house, and while working full time and raising my, I was taking care of her. She was eighty, eighty four when she passed away. This is like eleven, twelve years now, but at the time she was seventy eight, seventy nine. So to think about it being her mother. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, oh my gosh. And she said her name, and I was just—I I was floored. No one in that room. I had never—I had never met this woman in person. She passed away six years before I was born, and I was like, oh. And that was the first time that something clicked in my mind that there are other things happening, and and being aware of like being guided through life is is a reality, and it's something that's possible. But even then it was more of now I'm aware of what the change is that I see random dimes because it's specifically dimes and um so those are so how they talk to me I would say it's through different experiences or things that are happening it's not no one sits on my bed now maybe it is happening right but no one's sitting on my bed holding my hand and like listen Jeanette so today you're gonna get up on time, right like but no it's uh It's more of the things that are happening to me in life. And I, um, and that is how the messages come to me.
0: It's funny because on clubhouse, somebody else was speaking of the same exact thing. They were seeing random dimes and then they realized (laughs) somebody helped them realize that that is their loved one showing up. Wow. That is, and it also speaks to, and this is a whole different podcast, but it also speaks to. (laughs) We are eternal souls yeah like drop the physical suit but yeah. we are eternal energy like right. so that right. we'll to see it show up like that
2: and to show itself to yes. us we are still very much here mm-hmm. yeah yes it is yes we are um i'm still kind of navigating how all of that but i still i do there's no doubt in my mind that um that i have loved ones who are still
1: with me hmm. and helping me. It's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, no thank problem. You. Um, so uh, like what, what are your current practices with all this stuff coming up that shows you that there's more going on to life and, and, you know, finding that inner power and the inner voice, you know, along your path, do you have a current, like, this is what I do daily gratitude, you know, anything like that?
2: So, so, always expressing gratitude is for sure, um, and that's just, that's also like even just waking up, right? Being being extremely thankful for for just waking up and surviving. One thing you'd mentioned about like my low point, One of my biggest fears while working, which um, which which showed up in probably one of the worst ways while being employed um, at companies, was my fear of. Um, not being able to survive and take care of myself because at 17 it was something I had to figure out. So as I went into any job, there was not I wasn't giving 10%, 15%. I was giving 250% of myself. I was a person who would be the last one to leave work. I was the person who would, um, who, who even sacrificed my own physical well-being to show up and make sure that I did the job and got it done. Or even if it was impossible for everyone else i was going to show how i could get it done and i my free i was like no one is going to work as hard as me and in 2017 when i was unemployed i realized that that was um that was probably one of the craziest things i could have ever said and um and 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 like with a sense of pride and like you know like you know like no one's going to work harder than me and because i was devaluing who i was and giving more of myself and um and I realized that it's like 2021, 2019, about 2019 or 2018 when my company, I started my company and it was slowly growing. I realized that despite not having any money or like, like spending all of my, and not on like expensive designer, but like food, paying my bills, making sure that I maintain a roof over my head. I realized that I survived. I survived, like it wasn't this like daunting thing that was impossible. And, um, and, and, or that I couldn't get over, like, you know, thinking that because I'm resourceful, right? Or, or um, I just, I figured it out, right? I figured it out and I, I figured it out without what, caring about what judgment came along with it, because you have this idea in your mind of how you should show up and what you should have. And none of that mattered when I needed to be faced with how I was going to eat, <laughs> where I was going to sleep and how. Um, how I was going to make it happen. And, um, and and that then brings me to where I am today. Gratitude, right? Like tremendous gratitude. I also realized that in, in 2017, we weren't dealing with a pandemic. And, in, and now what happened to me in 2017 is happening to other people for different reasons. They're, they've lost the matriarch or, or patriarch in their families. They've lost people their loved ones or their jobs or life just isn't the same right it isn't the same and for some people it's impacted them even more and i don't doubt for a moment that 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 feeling that i had then is happening to people now and they're probably having to figure it out and have no idea how right but many don't have the luxury or the time or the resourcefulness that i feel like i had at that moment and um and and all I could say is just continue to express gratitude because those things will come. Like I, I would randomly have an aunt send me a card and say that she was thinking about me and put a $25 check in it. And I remember getting it and being like, she has no idea. <laughs> she has no idea what this $25 is going to do for me right now. Like I, it, it, it's so simple, but um, those are the things I'd appreciate. Now, when I was... 16 and she sent me a card with $25 in it. I'm just like, "$25." Like, what am I doing? But <laughs> but 20 years later, I'm just like, "Oh my god, it's a sign, right? It was like a sign that that like more was going to come. Positive things were going to come. They would show up when you needed them. And I there's just so many mysteries about how that's even possible or You'd meet someone randomly on the street and so you have to gratitude, just like express tremendous gratitude. So I meditate, right? I I also pray and um, (laughs) I pray um, and just, you know, it's always led with thankfulness. Yeah,
0: because oftentimes I love the fact that you meditate because I was going to ask you for some tools, but I love the fact that you started off with gratitude because the more we exercise gratitude, the more universe gives us moments to be grateful for. So like the $25, yes. you know, that's another reason to, you know, to be grateful for to have gratitude. So I love that because the more that we show gratitude, the more reasons we would have to be grateful for as opposed the more that we complain, we will have more reasons to complain about. Yeah, so just yeah. aware of your um, energetic vibration and okay. I have a little fun game here. Okay. We always face fear, right? Okay. And- So there is two acronyms for fear. And I want you to tell me which one you felt that you, um, the one that you pursued or the one that resonated with you. So the first acronym is feeling excited and ready. That's the first acronym for fear. The other acronym is false evidence
2: or expectations appearing real. Um, That's the second one. Okay. Yeah, that's the second one, false evidence um expectations uh, appearing real absolutely mm. um and it resonates with me because um just back to like the gratitude point i think once you become thankful you then look at you it's a switch in your brain that turns what your current experience is into a positive and the same thing about false um i didn't write it down the second acronym you mentioned about fear but it is its it, it being negative about your situation is also a false viewpoint it's a it's a negative way to think about things and it's it's not real right your reality is what you make it and um and i think that uh i think that that is that is the key to it all and it starts with gratitude and people always say oh, you're supposed to be thankful and if you haven't truly sat down and thought about what you're thankful for, then you probably wouldn't come to the point where you need to be of, of, of pivoting and changing, changing your life. So once you're able to truly appreciate that $25 when you really need $200,000, uh, uh, you, uh, you know, your life kind of changes it just, and it doesn't happen overnight, right? So it requires patience as well. Yeah, we're like total uh,
1: magnets when it comes to living life. You're just pulling and attracting, pulling and attracting. So it's like...
2: Like this podcast interview. I was like, this interview was almost like, wait a minute, (laughs) wait a minute. I am so happy to be here. Like you have no idea um, how happy and thankful I am for this opportunity because they, I... I've, I've been growing and changing, and I'm still me inside. Like, I'm still the same person who shows up and, like, wants to have fun, but I can't have this conversation with everyone, and I'm I'm learning that. So I'm learning how to help people express gratitude and change their minds as well. And then also when it comes to brands, um, something that we would always say um, in corporate or working with any big company is, like, finding that authentic voice, or when I have to craft messages for a client and they're conducting an interview, which seems to be impossible for me to do for myself. But um, I, you think about what is being authentic. What what would you norm naturally say? What um, you know? What outlets or or what's going to resonate with your target audience? And that is that to me is the essence of um, uh, great communications, helping to grow your brand because once you're authentic it's never about oh I need to prepare for this thing that I'm going to do and make sure I do it right. It's you're going to do it right because it's naturally who you are, right? So it's almost like, oh yeah, so you just kind of show up, right? And and the people who are going to gravitate to you and connect with that message, once it's authentic, they're going to connect with that message because it's it's about like you know, and like positive energy, you put it out and that's what you get back in return. And it sounds simple. And 20 years ago, I've heard this and I was like, mm, okay, yeah, sure. But then when you truly like, you find that moment where the light bulb goes off, that is that is how things will grow.
1: Wow. Yes, you, you definitely <laughs> nailed it. That, that. That truth component is so important. It seems like there's some really basic fundamentals of our life experience and yeah. is certainly a part of it and attracting you know just what you focus on and to just be a part of it so it's like well once you realize the game so to speak it's right. like fine tuning that just like okay make sure that i show up authentically because right. if you if you're doing the nonsense and, and right. bs attracting the BSness. Yeah, nonsense so it's like you're attracting and always creating with your thoughts with your words with your actions so you might as well get them in alignment with what you want to experience real for real and
0: let's 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 get it popping let's let's go right right no absolutely and I think that um getting to know you just in this short time I feel like your clients are in such good hands oh thank you thank you (laughs) You are very authentic and organic and you are relatable. So that is what you will bring to their message. You will pull that out of them if they're not quite there yet or don't know how to frame it like that. I think you are a master at knowing how to message relatable so that people, they can draw their direct target audience, like you mentioned. Like, I really feel that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna my coins. I gotta put my coins together. <laughs> <laughs> find those dimes, find those dimes. <laughs> um, so we're, we're coming to a close, which mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, bittersweet, but we're definitely going to connect on Clubhouse as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeanette, out there, for the people who feel lost or for the people who don't quite have the confidence, um, what piece of advice, what could you speak to them that would kind of like give them a little boost in their battery, so to speak?
2: Um, I would say to take a look at the things that are not making them happy. And those are the things that will uh, show them what will make them happy right so 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 like if you are in a place where you are trying to fit in which i spent a long time in my life looking for acceptance from the wrong people and um and not truly realizing who i was like i i the one thing that i did realize along the way is what i did not want what i did not want to tolerate what i would not accept and um, and it's still a journey. So I by no means is are the things that are around me uh, perfect. But I am I'm grateful for what I do have. And whatever it is that you don't want, the key to what you do want is in the thing that you don't want. So that is a lesson, right? So it's like a negative thing, but the positive side of that is like, oh, oh, uh, no, nah, I'm not dealing with that, right? Or I'm not doing that, or I'm not gonna allow this that thing to happen to me or feel a certain, I want to be happy. So why are you unhappy? Look at the thing that is making you unhappy and you want the opposite of that, which is happiness. And sometimes it's not, you know, so black and white and it's very much gray because it's about what you want and what you're comfortable with, what you're capable of doing. And, um, based on what you have around you and just being thankful for it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That brings it back to that solitude, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's awesome because not
1: everyone is always so um, just they, they know exactly what they're going for. They know what they want, and but it is easier to say, "Well, I know what I don't want. I want you right. know, right, so, right." Process of elimination and start to at least get yourself in that direction, and then you right. can start you know, on what you, exactly you want to get yourself into.
2: Right. So yeah, awesome advice. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, that doesn't happen overnight. It's definitely a journey. I feel like I've been online my entire life and I'm thankful for where I am right now. And it's not going to be like what it looks like on TV, right? Like having my company, if you would for years, like, you should have your own company. I'm like, no. And, And I would sit in an office building on the 32nd floor of some huge building and think, how would I achieve this, right? Thinking that it had to be on the 32nd floor of a high rise building in Manhattan. No, no, it can happen at your kitchen table. And you can mm-hmm. make this as much money, right? Like, so it's like the perception changing that false, that false reality that you had mentioned, all of those things are key. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I'll, I'll say it for you one more time. False evidence or expectations appearing real. Mm-hmm. False evidence or expectations.
2: I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing down definitely because I love it. Okay. Appearing real, right.
1: So I, I, I'm sure before we uh, close off, we'll give you an opportunity to voice um, all you know, just plug plug yourself uh, whether it's websites, whether you we know, can all, find all you. your information. Mm-hmm. Right before we get into that, I just, I'm just curious uh, about the title of your firm, Excellence and Presence.
2: Excellence and Presence. Yeah,
1: I was interested in ch- in you telling about the presence part of of what that name of, of what the name means.
2: So. Um... So it's actually a line from a, um, I'm from Brooklyn, so I'm all about big, notorious BIT. And there was a song that he and uh, Diddy um, wrote called Victory. In that song, there was a line about excellence and presence. And um, uh, excellence is my presence, never uh, tense, never hesitant. Um, I then took a look at PR and essentially, we wanna execute with excellence, right? In whatever that looks like to you, right? Not what it looks like on TV. And uh, presence is what PR is. It's helping people increase their presence, helping a brand create its awareness. And when that line hit me, um, it must've been like two o'clock in the morning and I'm listening to music and I was like, oh, that's it. (laughs) So um so it very much goes in line with um, and then presence just your presence as you walk into a room it's it's also like a guiding principle to be aware of it and whether you think you walk into a room with some sort of presence or not you actually do and once you you uh, you realize it you you just like things just change right things just change your perception about being nervous and walking into it. I'm still nervous. I'm nervous right now, but I mean, I'm trying to I'm not showing it, right. But you, you walk into a room and you, um, you bring yourself and your your attention and your energy with you. And just being aware of that. Um, and in every aspect is, uh, I think is really important. So when you, when you become aware of it, that's when you can own it. Yes. Yes. That's when you can own it. That's when you can own it as opposed to feeling like you need to make yourself smaller or I don't want to, you know, make too much, too much noise. Be you, be you, you know.
1: Uh, Unapologetically. I, I love yeah. it. We have yeah. a story of uh, persistence and yes. pulling yes. We have a story of being responsible, taking responsibility, uh, just yeah. finding your voice, your power and in the darkest moments, you know, yeah things with gratitude, being appreciative, and also living with purpose, being purposeful, your presence, you know, knowing what you're doing, being aware of yourself, being aware of who you are. This is a lot of uh, key bullet points right here. I love it (laughs) so much.
0: Yes, our audience, we got so much out of this, Mm -hmm. Like, So thank you so much. Yeah, you brought Uh, us back. We're back. We're out of, you know, almost out of (laughs) But like we were doing so
1: much transitions, you know. Wow. We a little on COVID, you know. There's a lot of stuff been going on, but we had our own personal transitions too, yeah. move different things. So we've been doing a lot, and it's like, all right, let's get let's get back. We're back.
2: That's great. Well, welcome back. I'm really happy to be here. Really, really happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Hey baby, Brooklyn. <laughs> but You know. Your borough back then, you're talking about growing up in the 80s. Oh, yeah, any party, where's the party at? It was in Brooklyn.
2: I'm good on that. I'm gonna do exactly. Exactly. (laughs) There are areas I didn't even go to, right? And my neighborhood was quote unquote crime ridden I mean, it it, it definitely was, but um, navigating that and surviving that and being so proud of those experiences, um, are it's just it's part of who I am, and I would not have had it any other way.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much. And your story, your shares, it just speaks to us of how we are really unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for that um, encouragement and just that fire. Like I I feel like very fired up right now, like (laughs) double, Mm -hmm. you know, thank you. So much. And um, yeah, so if you could just tell our audience, how do we
2: find you? How give us your information? Sure. So I am on, um, you can find my website is um, excellencepresence.com. And I'm also on Instagram. And um, my company, I, I always have to look at this because they, someone actually took the name of what I wanted. So it is ex underscore pr Comms, Again, it's ex underscore pr dot com, and that is my uh, Instagram uh, channel. And also, if you want to email me or interested in, you know, consult about a brand, event, or um, or building a brand, marketing, social media, feel free to email me info at excellencepresence dot com. Awesome. Excellent. And did you say your IG handle? It's ex underscore pr dot dot com. Yeah, she yeah. has a um, in the, uh, in the name, okay. uh, yes, yeah. I know, it's the weirdest thing. That's why I always have to look at it But I don't butcher it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you right. so much.
0: Thanks so much. We're not going to take any more of your time, although we would love to keep you all to ourselves, but <laughs> you know, we're going to let you go. I know your clients need you. <laughs> so, so much, Jeanette. This is such a, just yes. so much fun.
2: Namaste. Thank
0: Thank Namaste.
2: Namaste. Namaste. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> bye
1: bye. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at I am not that underscore podcast. And if you have any questions or any comments of any kind, we'd love to hear from you. That would be our email address is I am not that podcast at gmail dot com. I am not that podcast at gmail dot com. So yes, we'd love to hear from you. Till next time.